1: Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: Your Locked On Hurricanes. your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Hey there hockey fans. I'm your host Jared Ellis and you're listening to Locked on Hurricanes on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by the lovely folks over at Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app available in the iOS app store and find one of our locked on rooms locker room changing the way we talk sports and as always you can find locked on hurricanes on twitter and instagram at lo underscore hurricanes on facebook at locked on hurricanes podcast and you can find myself on twitter and locker room at jared ellis underscore 96 and in today's episode, folks, I sit down with Matt Best from Locked on Predators. We had an absolute blast uh, in this crossover episode. We discuss uh, Game 3 between the Hurricanes and Predators, everything going on there. We make predictions for Game 4 um, and for the rest of the series as a whole, as well as a whole bunch of other fun little conversations sprinkled in Game Stuff like Eric Holla, Rod Brindamore, uh, the way the Hurricanes have grown as an organization. A whole bunch of fun stuff. I really had a blast doing this crossover. One of my favorite crossovers I've ever done, actually. Uh, so I do hope you guys enjoy this crossover. Enjoy, folks.
3: What's going on everybody? Welcome inside a special crossover episode between Locked On Hurricanes and Locked On Predators. I am Matt Best joined by Jared, not Ryan Ellis from Locked On <gasps> Hurricanes. Ah. I feel like I have to get that distinction out there immediately for the Locked On Preds fan base. Even though this is your second time on here, but man, Ryan Ellis had a pretty good game. We'll dive into the Game 3 instant reaction to start things off, but How are you? I mean, this is the first time you and I have actually gotten to uh, speak. You and Justin got to do the uh, playoff preview, and I missed out.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I actually tweeted out earlier, um, right after Ryan Ellis scored his first goal, Of like, there's no relation, Kane, Twitter, please don't come after me. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, uh, getting into the uh, game itself, um, it was – kind of a mixed bag of emotions um, because I would say like on the positive side of things, I think both teams played really well, Um, especially goaltenders, UC SARS, Alex Nokovic. those guys played out of their minds. Um, But then uh, you also have a guy like Brett Pesci. He played almost 40 minutes for the hurricanes. Uh, Dougie Hamilton and Brady Shea were both way up there close to 40 minutes as well. Sebastian Ajo as well. He was he had a lot of ice time, um, and there were like a lot of guys that played really well. Um, but on the flip side, I'm sure you've seen by now of uh, the officiating.
3: Oh my um, goodness! I mean, Rod Brindemore's comments post game kind of said it all and I was talking to some like Preds fans that I get to hang out with from Locked On Predators and a lot of them agreed that yeah the officiating wasn't the greatest and I mean there's all these conspiracy theories that especially in a pandemic that because we haven't had fans in buildings that maybe the league wants to extend the series longer therefore call against the team that is winning the series I'm just throwing that out there it's something I've heard I'm not saying I agree with it or that it's something but i will say some of the officiating in this series from both sides has been questionable you i I feel like the hurricanes are just kind of lucky that the preds power play is so abysmal
2: yeah um for those that haven't heard the comments um this is just a quick snippet he said quote but we're also fighting the refs that's plain and simple you can't tell me two games in a row, we got seven, eight penalties, and they get three. And when the game's this even, it's not right, end quote. Uh, Jordan Stahl also, you know, the Hurricanes captain, when he was asked about it, he literally just said no comment on that. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes color analyst on the Aftermath radio broadcast I was listening to while I was at work. um, This is a very summed up version of what he said. Um, He said when it comes to bad officiating that it gets, quote, pushed under the rug by the NHL. Um, And he also added the Department of Player Safety in there with that as well. Um, So it's very frustrating. um, And the Carolina Hurricanes penalty kill um, really has stepped up these past two games. Uh, But just in these first three games, the Hurricanes have been on the penalty kill 17 times.
3: Yeah, it's it's actually seven in
2: game two, and they've only been on the power play ten times.
3: It's uh, it is lopsided in terms of calls. I feel like this series more than any other series that I've been watching so far has had a lot of makeup calls, and I'm not sure if you know. No, I'm maybe kind of the guy that got Tim Peel fired. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know all too well about like the effect of makeup calls, and it's basically just don't get caught, but. You're seeing a lot of them. I mean, the one play where it got flipped over the boards from their own defensive zone, just didn't get called. And there was a makeup call immediately after that, the two penalties on Matthias Eckholm, Preds fans are trying to say like, well, those weren't necessarily good penalty calls. No, they were good penalty calls. Matthias Eckholm was being boneheaded on those back-to-back uh, penalties that he took. Um, Penalties and special plays aside, what was your biggest takeaway from the Hurricanes on a positive note?
2: On a positive note, I would say their special teams. Um, their special teams has really been killing it on these past two games, um, and that definitely needs to continue. And then, uh, second biggest takeaway was guys just stepping up and doing their job. I mentioned um, in the um, First crossover I did with Justin, um, where you know, you look back at the two thousand six Stanley Cup run, and the quote for that season was "whatever it takes," um, and that's what the Hurricanes are doing right now. I also threw in my New England Patriots fandom of just you know the do your job thing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know it it fits here. You know that's kind of the biggest thing. You know Jacob Slavin being out, Brett Pesci stepping up, Brady Shea stepping up and just doing their job and doing whatever it takes.
3: I think for the Hurricanes themselves, from my perspective, Sebastian Aho has been an absolute game changer. Uh, he's mm-hmm. kicked it up another gear completely in the playoffs, himself and Svechnikov as well. Svechnikov is a guy that I, I do a lot of sports betting on the side. as part of one of my other jobs is a guy that I would consistently hammer early in the season for shot props to get over two and a half. Early in the season, absolutely killed it. Middle and towards the end, just wasn't as strong for me there. But in the playoffs so far, Svechnikov also looks like he's found that extra gear. And Aho and Svechnikov are two things that Nashville doesn't necessarily have. And those are just go-to forwards that can change the game immediately. And I know before our Preds fans get on me, I know Philip Forsberg had an incredible goal. I know Matt Duchesne finally played up to some of that $8 million contract because he got to play with some good players for once this year. Um, it's just they don't get that every single night. I've said on our show before that the Predators need this just anomaly in order to win. And for that anomaly for the second half of the season, it was UC Saros. And this is what happens when the Predators get scoring from the players that are expected to score and don't rely on that fourth line the whole time. They can hang in there and bang with good teams. Now, do I think the Preds have a chance to win the series? I've said it from the beginning. They got lucky to make the playoffs. They'll be damn lucky to take two more games away from the Hurricanes here. I mean, you and I will talk about predictions later on, but that's just a preview of like how much of a gap I think there is between these two teams still. What would you think of the decision to sit Jay Gardner tonight?
2: It was interesting. Uh, Before we get into that, you mentioned Sebastian Ajo and his game-changer type play. Uh, Yep. In tonight's game, he cracked the top five in franchise history playoff points. Uh, He now has, he is behind Kevin Deneen, Rod Brendamore, Ron Francis, and Eric Stahl.
3: That's Uh, a pretty good company to be in.
2: Yeah. uh, (laughs) He got one Hall of Famer on there, uh, and Rod Brendamore should already be in. Uh, and then I could see Eric Stahl potentially getting in whatever he calls it, yeah. Um, so yeah, good, good company for him. He just passed Justin Williams tonight.
3: That's uh, um, it's pretty hefty,
2: Mr. Game Seven,
3: Mr. Uh, Game Seven, indeed. I mean, the only reason I ask you about the Jay Gardner stuff is in case you couldn't tell from like my background. I am from Toronto, so I got to watch Jake Mm -hmm. play for a lot of his career. Um, It's not to say that I'm just a diehard Leafs fan. Like, I'm with Locked On Predators, and our fan base knows this because Justin and I have got along real well. Nashville will always have a special place in my heart, and I'm just able to look at this team and around the NHL from just a broadcaster perspective. So I'm curious, because I've watched Jake Gardner play before, especially this season now, too. Um, Are you content with the decision of him – to not be in the lineup.
2: Yeah, it was definitely an interesting decision. Um, when it was announced that Max soir I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that to any, uh, French Canadian listeners out there. Um, it was definitely very interesting. Um, a lot of people were kind of expecting Jake to be in, um, Max played good, which is fine, but I'm not sure what to think about it because on the flip side, I know he has kind of dealt with some nagging injuries this season, uh, which is why, from what I heard, why he got put on the taxi squad. That was essentially just like a cap move there to Mm -hmm. free up money to put him there. Uh, But on the flip side, when he has played, there's definitely been some peaks and valleys to put it nicely this year. Um, and I'm definitely thinking with tonight, I'm like, uh, kind of like, is this foretelling you the off season? Like, obviously he's going to be unprotected in the expansion draft. Um, but even if he doesn't get picked up there, are they going to look at moving him? Because it seems like they're maybe losing some faith in him, yeah. uh, at least from the outside looking at, I don't know if there is just a nagging injury there. um, And they didn't want to put him on IR or anything like that.
3: For me, Jake's, Jake's always been like the most one dimensional player that I've got to watch. And he's been fantastic offensively. It's just, he has to chip in at like a three out of 10 level defensively in order to stay in the lineup. However, this game itself, I mean, Lajoie only played 16 minutes and 54 seconds. I think Jake mm-hmm. could have played 25 and helped everyone else out, which I think in turn would have really helped the decor in overtime, especially double overtime. Um, it's not mm-hmm. to say that Jake Gardner was like the difference maker or would have been the difference maker here. I think it's just a tough yeah, ask. He's not for, Jacob Yeah, it's it's just a tough ask for you to rely on a very, very young defenseman. To play more than what he played tonight. I mean, he played barely played 17 minutes. It wasn't bad. He wasn't ineffective. It's just he wasn't. The Hurricanes were basically playing with five D men. I guess that's the nicest way to put it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a tall order for him to. It was his first NHL game since I believe they said 2019, um, and his first NHL playoff game as well. Um, yeah. So it's definitely a tall order. Again, he played fine um, for the hurricanes, um, you know, no complaints there. Uh, but it was definitely an interesting decision. We'll see where it goes moving forward. Um, if anything comes out, if there's a nagging injury there, um, because obviously, you know, he has his history of back issues. I heard he was having some elbow issues as well this year. So, you know, if, if that is an issue, I understand that. Um, but if it's strictly from a play point of view, it's going to be an interesting off season.
3: Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time that Ned has given up more than four goals in a start this year. I think, Alicia. like I think, I think he's given up four I twice. Believe- and I I've, so. I've loved watching the I've watched this kid this year and it's just been so much fun to watch. Uh, what I noticed this game though, was that four out of the five predators goals came basically right in the crease, right in front of Ned from what you've seen this season. Is that kind of the secret to beating him, Or is this just kind of an off game for Nadelkovich? I mean, I, I feel weird calling it an off game because he was still phenomenal. But the fact of the matter is the two goalies did give up four and five goals respectively. Um, It's just all the four goals were four out of the five came right in front of the net. Is that the secret or is it just, eh, it's one game?
2: Yeah, I, I would definitely lean more to the side of it was one game uh, because he has made some phenomenal saves right there in the groups this season. Um, I know on that Duchesne goal that, um, you know, led to you guys winning, Uh, I forget who it was. I think it was um, Jake Bean uh, made a costly mistake there. Uh, Duchesne got by him, scored the goal. Um, So I would lean more to the side of it just being one game, but you can never say never with that kind of thing. If that's his weakness heading forward, I think we may just need, more games to really pinpoint down is this his weakness because he has been so freaking good this year.
3: Yeah. I went over a lot of game tape before uh, we recorded here. And nadelkovic is a guy that just seems to give up goals from wherever on the ice. If there wasn't like a necess- necessary game plan of where he's giving up a butt ton of goals from one specific spot. He's just yeah. a solid fun goalie to watch. I was just curious to see if maybe you saw something different there. Um, Coming up next on Locked On Preds, Locked On Hurricanes, Jared and I are going to talk about our Game 4 predictions and rest of the series predictions. Basically, if the Hurricanes do such and such, they'll win the series. And if the Predators somehow do this, that, this, that, this, that, and go over that 10 times more, then maybe they can come away with the series. For Jared Ellis, I'm Matt Bett. This best. This is a crossover episode between Locked On Preds and Locked On Hurricanes
2: with summer right around the corner folks you probably want to be working on your summer body i know i am and what better way to do that than with the best tasting protein bar ever and that is of course built bar Longtime listeners you guys know that built bar has been a show sponsor for quite a while but for some of you newcomers you may be asking what is built bar well of course, Spilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they have nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. You have my favorite peanut butter brownie along with coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, which is also great, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And then again, they also have those limited time flavors, and they put out some good Bangers, and regardless of the flavor, they are all covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. And all bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, so they're a great way to lose or maintain weight while indulging. In a very delicious street. and right now, when you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked fifteen, you'll get fifteen percent off your first order when you use promo code locked fifteen for fifteen percent off
0: at builtbar.com. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, "Gosh, I wish I could dress that nice." Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly, too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino.com with code NHL. And we are back,
2: folks. Um, I'm Jared Ellis. This is Matt best of locked on predators. Um, we just, uh, recapped, uh, game three between the hurricanes, uh, and the predators. Now we're going to look ahead to game four. It's a weird start time. It's two 30 in the afternoon on Sunday. Like really it. weird start time. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, so really quick turnaround for these teams that just came off of double overtime. Um, heading into game four, um, These guys are obviously going to be extremely tired. Uh, UC Saros was one guy who really played out of his mind. Uh, One thing I talked about with uh, Justin was Pekka Rene seeing uh, time in this series. With Saros playing so much tonight, do you think that Rene may see some time on Sunday?
3: If this was maybe a regular no, nah, I can't even come up with anything. I don't think there's a chance that it happens. I was trying to be nice and give Pekka the benefit of the doubt here. But the fact of the matter is, Saros dragged this team into the postseason based on his play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they beat up on all the bad teams in the central, which the Hurricanes also did all year long, but Except he got right. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, you know, Sam Gagne got a hat trick against the Preds, so I won't say anything about yeah. Detroit. Um, but it, the only reason the Preds are in the playoffs is because of Soros. I, I feel like it would be kind of insane to go off and put Pekka in net. I, like I get the logic of Soros is probably tired. But there were times during the season where I was like, okay, Pekka should probably play now. Nope. Back to Soros. No, it was like, okay, this is a back to back. Pekka definitely has to get one. No, it was Soros. I think Heinz is just so dead set on the ideology of he brought us here. He's going to be the one that either takes us to the next round or he's going to be the one that falters. The only time I can see Pekka getting any kind of ice time is if UC gets pulled during a game or the, the Hurricanes come out and shell the Preds like 5 nothing, And even then, I still think they go back to Soros.
2: That's very – basically the same thing Justin said as well. Um, so I was just curious there um, just how, like, what would that be? Because I do feel for the Hurricanes, um, while it wouldn't surprise me if Ned uh, got the start on Sunday – uh, just because of how good he's been. And he was great tonight as well. Um, with the Hurricanes having more depth at the goalie position than the Preds, it wouldn't surprise me if they do, do go with Morazic on Sunday, give Ned a break, uh, rest him up, um, shake this game off. Again, not that it was a bad game, but yeah, you know, uh, let him rest up before uh, we come back to Raleigh.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was a long game. And you, like you said, mm-hmm. the Hurricanes – have that just comfort of having three NHL caliber goalies where the Preds have one, they have two NHL caliber goalies, but one is just playing wildly out of their mind where Nedeljkovic and Mrazek this year have been good. Like there's been, there's been no in between where at spurts this year, Pekka's been phenomenal, but also Pekka hasn't been the greatest for some of the starts. And it's the same he thing with Saros. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same thing with Saros. I mean, to start the season, UC wasn't the greatest. And I mean, everyone's remembering right now how good Saros has been since March and onwards. But there was a time where he wasn't the best. Whereas with Nedelkovic and Mrazek, they've been good start to finish. James Reimer's the only one where it's been like, is it Jekyll or Hyde coming out to play today? Uh, I, there is no and goalie even controversy. With
2: Reimer, uh even with Reimer, he's still uh he has the most or I don't remember the final tally, but uh at one point, yeah, he had the most wins out of all the Hurricane's goalies. Um so he was you know, he got really got us to this point as well.
3: Yeah, um, and has so always been strong in the playoffs. Like He shows up in big games. I'll give Reimer that, and especially being able to watch him. I mean, I don't want to talk about game seven between the Leafs and the Bruins, but he shows up in the playoffs and he was the reason why that series went to seven with the Leafs way back when in the playoffs. Um, I I just, I wish the Predators had that comfort of, yeah, we could start the number two goalie and it'd be all right if we did that because there's no stress really. Where for the Preds, Mm -hmm. it's UC has to start for there to be like A chance in hell
2: yeah um you know we just talked about with goalies of them having to play so long tonight and such a quick turnaround as far as your normal forward and defensive lines do you see any changes happening there um for the predators
3: Not really, and it's only because the Predators have this thing going where the fourth line can't be broken up called the herd line with uh, Trent and Sissons and Jano. and I totally get it. So the, the whole thing is now you have to be a top nine forward in order to crack the lineup kind of thing. A guy like Cousins can be interchanged for a guy like Arvidsson. I could see that happening, but based on game one, I don't think the Predators are now comfortable in playing or game two are comfortable in playing Arvidson unless he's 100%. The only changes I could necessarily see are maybe slotting in a different defenseman, but I just think they love Ben Harper too much and good Branson won't go back in the lineup, which man, if you want to talk about unnecessary trades good Branson is right up there uh all in all I mean the last episode of On Predators with myself and Kyle Perkins um we talked about how we wanted to see Matt Duchesne play with decent players and it's not to rag on guys like Richardson or Holla on the third line it's just if you want a chance to win in the playoffs you gotta play some of your good players with just guys that have scored in the past and I know Matt Duchesne in Nashville is kind of been a failed experiment but he showed flashes of life towards the end of the season especially in the game against the hurricanes where he got to play with Philip Forsberg where he got to play with Ryan Johansson and he looked half decent and again tonight he was buzzing 22 minutes I think John Hines at the end of the day did a good job keeping his workload down so I I just if I was Hines I wouldn't change anything if you're Brendamore do you change anything yourself
2: um I'm not 100% sure there. Um, I could see maybe a little bit of something on that third defensive pairing alongside Hockenpah. You know, like we just saw, um, you know, Max Lejoie. There you go. Lejoie. Uh, oh, yeah. How we saw him come in. I could maybe see something change there. And obviously if Slavin is good to go then he's obviously going
3: to be back in the lineup. He is such a difference maker on that blue line. It's mm-hmm. incredible to me. It's not yes. even that he's super apparent in terms of flashy plays. It's just watching it, he stifles plays and just shuts down plays. The Predators sh- were he, yeah. the predators were able to get actual zone entry tonight. That was a, yeah. a comfort that they haven't had throughout the year. And when a team is only able to play five NHL caliber defensemen, the Preds are able to make a bit of noise.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's really the only place I see any big changes happening uh, would be if slaving comes back the lineup Um, forward wise. I really don't think, yeah, they should mess with anything there. Um, Maybe if pocket's healthy, maybe he gets back in the lineup. Uh, Lawrence. I think he's been really good on this playoff. Um, He's really showed up and shown that he has a very high ceiling. And then, as we mentioned, I could see Mrazic getting the start over Ned uh, for game four, but obviously laughed uh, when you mentioned Eric Hala, uh, because in Raleigh um, for this series, he has become public enemy number one. Oh, yeah. Um, It's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's obviously... entertaining um i don't know if you've kind of heard the reasoning why um he has become that way
3: break it down for me break it down for everyone listening
2: okay so he was obviously acquired you know in the trade from Vegas when he came to the hurricanes um now is when he got here you know uh, initially yeah, he was really loved by the fans yeah he was really producing at first uh but then yeah it started to come out that there were some issues in the locker room um and him not getting along with rod bernamore uh and there's i remember him getting i believe taken off the first power play unit i believe that's what it was uh that didn't go over well um and then he obviously ended up getting traded to Florida, um, and that was when everything really started coming out of just how toxic it was with him there. And then he gets down to Florida. You know, that was what it was there. That was just to get rid of him, basically, um, to get Trocheck. And then, uh, obviously, he's in Nashville. And actually, on the Game 2 broadcast, uh, Shane Willis, he met – he acknowledged all of this stuff on that broadcast. He said, uh, The reason Eric Hollow got, got traded was not because of his skill, and I'll leave it at that. So
3: it's just, he was, it's, it's interesting to I've me.
2: Heard, and from what I've heard with friends who have, who know people down in Vegas, it was the same way there of him just not being a good locker room presence. I think- and he's been on five teams in six years.
3: If I were to speculate anything and just looking at numbers and trends, it's the guy who almost scored 30 goals and probably thought he was a superstar. That's Mm -hmm. what it kind of boils down to. His shooting percentage was much higher than his career shooting percentage in that season with Vegas. And then he probably loved Vegas a lot because, I mean, if I was a hockey player, I'd love to play in Vegas. I think anybody would love to go play in Vegas. That place is just mm-hmm. electric. And it's not to dump on Carolina. It's not to dump on Florida or Minnie or any of the places he's ever played before. But I'd be kind of bummed out too. Now, with all that stuff of him being a locker room plague kind of thing, could be true, could not be true. And I mean, like you yeah, said, it was semi, it was like semi-verified. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> Eric Hall is a guy to me that when he wants to show up and play, he is one of the better third liners in hockey.
0: Mm-hmm. He
3: can make a yeah. third line a scoring line. He can make it a. he can be a pest on the penalty kill. He has speed but when he doesn't show up and just plays lazy Eric Halla hockey, it's like what is going on? You brought up Vinny Trocek. Now I want to ask you, what was the best goal of the game? Vinny Trocek's Unbelievable shot through the smallest hole I've ever seen, comparable to those where you shoot it from the other side of the ice, and if it goes in that little hole, you get a car. Or was it Philip Forsberg pulling a Forsberg?
2: Oh, man, that's tough. That's a tough. Yeah, that is a very tough one. Um, man, obviously I want to go with Trocheck, uh, just because you know it was, it was our goal. It's our yeah. it's our guy. It was his first career playoff goal. And it was an absolute
3: beauty. I like I'm inclined to pick Trochek's goal, which is going to piss off a lot of people. But if you watch that replay in super slow motion, it has the size there for maybe what two pucks to fit in through there. You shoot that Mm -hmm. shot 100, 200 times. You'll get it in maybe once or twice. Me and you shoot that shot 500 times. We'll maybe hit the post like 20 times. I like, it's just, I'm not making that shot. It was an incredible shot The precise. Like nobody's going to say, well, he's a sniper. He did that on purpose. Like, no, he found a tiny hole and got a bit lucky there. Whereas, and it's not Mm -hmm. to dump on Philip Forsberg because my, oh my, that was a disgusting goal itself. Mm -hmm. I just feel like we see that move. A lot more compared to player shoots short side through puck sized hole and in. Yeah. It was just.
2: Yeah, it was absolute beauty of a goal. There have been some amazing goals in this series. You know, we mentioned these two tonight. There was the uh, Jordan Stahl one the other night, Duchesne's, uh overtime winner. I mean, there have been some amazing goals in this series from both sides.
3: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. Hopefully, the series goes a bit longer, but we'll find out what our series predictions are coming up next in this crossover episode. He's Jared. I'm Matt. And this is Locked On Preds and Locked On Hurricanes.
2: And with the playoffs going on right now, folks, what better way to place your bets on these, who you think is going to win this Stanley Cup than with BetOnline.ag. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED ON. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED ON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
0: and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket. All while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. And get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes
2: with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Beer Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back, folks. I am, of course, Jared. He is Matt. I have no relation to Ryan Ellis.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've got the beard going on—not a Ryan Ellis esque beard, but you've got the beard going on.
2: Yeah, mine isn't that long yet. It's obviously <laughs> playoff beard. I also have the playoff mullet. The flip you of do. the screen uh, uh, messed me up for a second there. Yeah, my all of two brain cells that I have left. <laughs> Uh, We're really working overtime on that one. Uh, But right now, the Hurricanes are up in the series two games to one on Nashville. Um, We have game three or four, excuse me, on Sunday. And we're just talking about that. But looking forward down the stretch after game four for game five, six, seven, whatever it may be. um, We're going to talk about what we feel our teams need to do to win. I'll let Matt take this off. Uh, what do you feel the Predators need to do to have a legitimate shot to win this series?
3: Have this anemic offense show up more. Just have Philip Forsberg, have Matt Duchene, have Ryan Johansson. The guys you pay big money to score goals, have them show up on the scoreboard. The most exciting thing for Predators hockey for the last month or so has been the play of the fourth line. Now, while that's fine and dandy to love, you need your first line to really score. Because I've said this on the last like five or six episodes in a row. Enjoying an energy line is a lot of fun. But trust me, enjoying a scoring line is even more fun. And and obviously, at the same time, UC Saros has to keep playing out of his freaking mind in order for this team to have a chance. Uh, There is no like slow starts or like ending period sloppily John Hines has that system figured out and the big elephant in the room is you got to score a five on four power play goal at some point, just at any point during the season, scoring five on three, you're awful. If you don't score five on three, that's just how that goes. Um, If the refs are going to give the predators a bunch of power play opportunities, if you want a chance in hell to beat the Carolina hurricanes who for pretty much every aspect of the game, can beat the Predators, whether it's just defensively, whether it's forwards, coaching even. like They have the advantage in every which way. Breakout, speed, the list goes on and on. Sure, the the, the Predators probably have a better fourth line in terms of synergy and game pace, but that's it. And uh, if I'm banking on a fourth line, that ain't good. Consistent offense is the long-winded short-form answer to your question. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, I could definitely see it. Uh, before I get into it, you just mentioned coaching. I just, as a joke, I want to ask, who wins in a fight uh, between the head coaches?
3: <laughs> I don't mess with Rod Brindermore. That's crazy <laughs> talk. Mean... There is, like, no coach in the NHL. There is only a few coaches in the NHL that I'd put toe-to-toe with him. Dominic Ducharme, does I mean... he looks like a Bond villain, could go up against him. But the list is very short.
2: Yeah, I know where well, your head coach is in better shape than half of the league. And he's, he's like 50.
3: He's a brick word I can't say here. House.
2: He's yeah. a massive <laughs> Yeah, like human having here. met him, like he is a massive human. Like yeah. he is insanely large. Like having met like some professional wrestlers and those guys, like he is up there with them of just how big he is.
3: Yeah, I mean, you um, look at him in post game videos, and a suit wants to explode right off of the guy.
2: He's a big mm-hmm. dude,
3: and uh, certainly not someone I'm messing around with.
2: Oh, absolutely not. And uh, but for the Hurricanes getting back on track, what I feel they need to do to win this series um, is one, uh, their special teams needs to keep playing out of their mind. Uh, because of the Predators getting so many power play opportunities right now, their penalty kill needs to keep being top notch um, and killing off those penalties. I understand you uh, going for seven, seven for seven one night. Uh, is maybe not super sustainable. Um,
3: <laughs> I mean, then, against against the Predators, half a power play unit, it's kind of sustainable. I mean, I said on the last episode yeah. of Locked On Preds that the Hurricanes penalty kill looked more lethal than the Predators power play Mm -hmm. in game two yeah it was that was wasn't even close
2: yeah I remember I remember you saying that um and I think obviously goaltending Ned Raz Rimes all those guys just show up do their job we'll be fine there and then uh if we can get I mean, obviously our top guys are starting to really produce. Spash and Ajo is playing great. Um, if we can have Tavo and Spetch and just the rest of that top line, you yeah, be great. We're good there. Uh, but my big thing for the Hurricanes right now is don't keep getting off to slow starts um, because in game one and two, they did. Um, they obviously ended up bouncing back later on. This game was a lot better. It took them a second to settle in in the first period, but they did, um, and then they got going, and obviously we had a double overtime game. Yeah. Um, so if they can just knock um, get off to slow starts, so don't be a diesel engine. You know, don't take forever to start up. Um, if you can do that, I think they'll be good to go. Just keep having that fashion Aho terra in line uh, play good. Um, the... Uh, Niederreiter, Trocek, uh, Natchez line, that can really start heating up a bit more. We'd be great there. Captain Jordan Stoller, he's been fantastic. And our fourth line has been really fun to watch as well. And then Nashville. getting sliced back.
3: Nashville has slightly discovered that if they come out to hot starts, they can set the tone and play a physical game. Like you said, though, if the Hurricanes cannot be a diesel engine and start off by playing their game and being fast, not a lot of teams in the NHL can match the hurricane speed or breakout, not even close. And it's not just to talk about one line, but when you have Jesper fast on your third line and you have Marty Natchez on another line, it's just like, how do, how does any team stop these guys where the Preds go? Well, we have Brad Richardson on our third line and we've got Nick cousins. It's like, oh boy. It's, it's like, Like I was talking about earlier, the Hurricanes can outclass the Preds in almost every which way. It's just the Hurricanes really need to come out guns blazing from the get-go and not allow the Predators to set that physical tone. Because if Tanner Janot gets going, all the other players on the Preds go, I can be like Janot because I think Janot has kind of been like, Hey guys, I went from not playing this year to fourth line to probably playing third line next year. And it's only because I hit people and I know where to go because my hockey IQ is so incredibly large. Um, I just think all the wind conditions for the predators equates to too many compared to the hurricanes of just, we just got to play average.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought this was funny. You mentioned obviously, uh, Fost and Natius as well, just being so fast. Then you have Jordan Stahl as well. You know, he's obviously not as young as he once was. So yep. he's a bit slower, but the dude is also massive and he will
3: just run you over. And not to <sighs> mention, he is a defensive specialist. He's a face off wizard. Whereas oh the God, yes. whereas the Predators have like face off guys, but then that's all they are kind of thing. Where Jordan Stahl mm-hmm. goes, leadership? He can do it all. Uh, I'm scoring this year. I can play wicked defense. Usually I'm more disciplined than I was tonight in game three. Like there's a lot that Jordan Stahl brings that a lot of players on the Preds third line don't necessarily have. And then again, I'm not trying to be a complete downer on the Preds. It's just the Carolina Hurricanes to me are my Stanley Cup pick for a lot of brackets Mm -hmm. I've done. They are one of the most electric teams to watch in hockey. Like I'm not here on the podcast to be like, oh, the Nashville Predators are going to win in this series, take it to seven games, and go on to win the cup. Like the last time, there's only been two times since the wild card era of hockey has started where a team has gotten past the conference or gotten to the conference finals and has gotten to the Stanley Cup Finals. I just I don't mm-hmm. see it with this team. But then again, crazy things have happened. Uh, a number eight seed the LA Kings went on to win the Stanley cup is Jonathan quick played out of his freaking mind the whole way. Can you see do the that. same thing? Probably not because the Kings were a better built team, but I, I, I don't want to count out the Preds, but logically betting wise, everything wise. And I'll give you my prediction. Now I said it from the beginning. I said Preds and sick or uh, hurricanes in six. I still think it's hurricanes in six.
2: Yeah. Um, I believe my prediction was the same. I think I had hurricanes in either five or six as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, 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 could, I don't see seven.
2: No, I do not see seven as well. Um, I could maybe see the Preds squeaking out one more. Um, yeah. If they were to play like they did tonight and have their top guys produce, if they can do that, they can, they can squeak out another game. Maybe. Yeah. But if they fall back into predators, hockey, yeah, Then the Hurricanes are taking it at 5.
3: The, the Hurricanes just have to play at, like, if we're doing a rating scale, 6.5 out of 10, and then the, the Preds have to play, like, a full 10 out of 10 in order to compete with that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uh sad thing is Rod Brindamore would kill the team if they played 6.5 out of 10.
3: <laughs> the accountability that Rod Brindamore brings to that team is almost unlike any other coach in the NHL. I mean, for one of my jobs, I I get like the absolute pleasure of watching a ton of hockey. When I watch Rod Brendamore, I get scared just because if I think if that dude was my dad or my coach or something and I forgot to like bring out the garbage, I'd have to go sleep in a tent outside for a week and learn my lesson kind of thing. Like that's Mm -hmm. just the accountability that I feel Brendamore brings. And whether that coaching style works with some players. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't but uh, with the personnel he has in there, it looks like it's working pretty damn well.
2: Yeah, uh, the players have said publicly on multiple occasions they run through a brick wall for him. Yeah. And you mentioned accountability. I have been to practices after bad, ugly losses. Not like a loss like tonight. Like They played like crap. Yeah, they, they get held accountable.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, like that's Bag, say, bag Skate City. That's Mm -hmm. all that is. And it's not that I'm saying that Brenda Moore is a bully like Mike Babcock was kind of thing. It's that he expects a certain level of play and he better damn well get it.
2: Yeah, uh, that's exactly it. Um, There's a standard that he holds his players to. He knows what it takes to win. He's hoisted the cup. I'll send a picture of it to you later. I have an autographed. A copy of the newspaper when they won the Stanley Cup. Oh,
3: it's nasty. That's good he, memorabilia.
2: Yes, yeah. Like he knows what it takes to win, um, and he relates to his players because he was a player. He's not one of those guys that just the job fell in the lap. You know yeah. he's he's done it all, um, and he's not going to ask you to do anything that he didn't do.
3: Yeah, I, I just think Rod's a top three coach in the league. I don't even think it's that close. Jack Adams. Yeah, I, I can a hundred percent see it. I like the short list for Jack Adams is very, very short. Give me your game four prediction, we'll get out of here.
2: Uh game four prediction. Um I frankly could see another overtime game. Um uh I will say Hurricanes uh win it four to three in single overtime. Mrazic and net.
3: I'm going four to three Nadelkovic in and net. Um, if I'm, if any of your listeners are betting people at all, I'm betting Preds one and a half plus one and a half. Um, I, I just think that's the play here kind of thing. I, I want to say that the Preds can win this game, like with full confidence due to just being in Smashville. But I mean, mm-hmm. home ice advantage for both of these teams is going to be a big thing, but I just really think the skill gap between the two teams is quite large. And like I said, there are too many win conditions, but I think they can play a chippy style of game where they can stay in it. I just don't see this one as the win. I see game five maybe as the win with a bit of desperation.
2: Mm -hmm. I could definitely see that. Um, I could see them coming out with desperation in this game, which is why I said overtime. Uh, They're just going to have that sense of desperation. I definitely see a really, really chippy game um, in game four. The Hurricanes just need to continue doing what they're doing and just not let the Preds get under the skin, and they'll be fine. All
3: right, Jared, this has been a blast, buddy, and Mr. Not Ryan Ellis. Uh, Any final words before we head out of here?
2: Um, Other than go Canes. uh, But, yeah, (laughs) just follow – the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore hurricanes, Facebook at locked on hurricanes podcast. Uh, and then follow myself on Twitter and locker room at Jared Ellis underscore 96.
3: And you can catch our content at LO underscore predators. You can catch me at best of Matt for Jared, not Ryan Ellis. I am Matt best. This has been a crossover between On Preds and locked on hurricanes. Peace.